the Browns Rockin' Show, a Fanatical L Network production. Dean, welcome to the Browns show on this Saturday night. How's everybody doing? Yes, indeed. This is the Fanatical Elves Network. I'm your host, John Suchan. Bring you the Johnny Cleveland podcast along with a variety of other podcasts on our network. Welcome again. Saturday night. Hopefully you're doing something fun and you tune in to our podcast at some point maybe later this evening or maybe tomorrow who knows right but we love having you here love you tuning in and uh you know browns are they're not playing tomorrow they are on their bye week so that means they don't win and they don't lose (laughs) browns fans can maybe relax a little bit not suffer that anxiety or all that stress that they get as the day builds on a Sunday morning to game time to then decompressing after the game. Hopefully most of the time they're wins, but unfortunately last week gave everybody a bad taste of kind of a little bit of the old Browns feeling, right? Yeah. I know we don't want to talk about it. We, we want to kind of keep it, down low like are the old browns coming back Mm, we hope not but we're here to talk about the browns rocking and instead of talking about a few things that are not so good we're going to focus we're going to kind of focus on the good things that are happening to this point in the season we are four games into the uh campaign and uh so we're a quarter of the way through so let's look at a few players that have done you know decently uh we'll just throw these out you know let's just start with mr deshaun watson 230 million dollar man yeah i know no one likes to talk about that anymore we want to uh i mean it's only the ninth most uh expensive player now and as far as quarterbacking so we shouldn't make a fuss about it but it is 230 million dollars guaranteed by the way uh totally different uh player here but uh all that Hubbaloo of um, the Browns wanting to bring in uh, Jonathan Taylor and Mary Kay Cabot, who's always on top of her game, wanting to suggest that the Browns should bring in Jonathan Taylor. Well, Jonathan Taylor signed up with the Indianapolis Colts and he signed an extended contract. So, oh, sorry about that, Mary Kay. You got that one wrong. And uh, we don't care for Jonathan Taylor. He's overpriced and nothing like a Nick Chubb. And uh, we don't want Jonathan Taylor on the Cleveland Browns team, so I'm glad that that story is kaput. Um, so back to Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson, uh, through three games, uh, he's done decently. He's he's doesn't hasn't exactly um, done things that are spectacular. He is currently completed 65 of 102 passes for 678 yards. 
He has four touchdowns and two interceptions. You'd like to see that a little bit better, considering that he's played three games already this season. His uh, he's, uh, percentage on completions is 63.7%, which isn't awful, but it's not great. And his yards per game is 226 yards. And unfortunately, he's been sacked um, 12, that's right, 12 times. Man, I'm telling you, and his passer, uh, his rating as a quarterback is 87.8. There's been a lot of uh, discussion this weekend about good old Baker Mayfield, who's uh, lighting it up down there in Tampa Bay and helping his team to a 3-1 and record. He uh, used to be the Browns quarterback and uh, asked for a trade uh, technically the day before they signed Deshaun Watson, but I'm sure Baker knew what was going to happen. So that's he re- requested a trade. I know some people were really pissed off yesterday in social media land because supposedly Baker said, Oh, you know, I'm a little confused why I got canned and had to leave Cleveland. But um, there's a reason for that um, because Deshaun Watson was getting ready to be selected. So, um, I bring Baker Mayfield up here because, you know, you look at these stats and you look at Deshaun Watson's stats and honestly, there's not much of a difference right now. And uh, that does not give a lot of us Browns fans a lot of hope moving forward. I certainly hope that Deshaun can get it in gear and do a little bit better. So he is rocking it more and more as the season goes on. Well, let's talk about the running backs right now. It's uh, funny because, you know, the running back situation Nick Chubb had 20. This is just gives you a, a little a tidbit of how dynamic Nick Chubb was and how important he was to the Cleveland Browns before he went down with his unfortunate season and the injury to his knee. He had 28 carries for 170 yards and a 6.1 yards per carry average. To give you some context here, Jerome Ford, who is now the number one running back, in his second year with the Browns on 50 carries, he's only at 186 yards, a measly 3.7 yards a carry. So yeah, uh, 22 extra carries and he's basically even with Nick Chubb. So folks that will tell you a little bit about where the Browns run game is at the moment. It's not very good. We've had this conversation on the Fanatical Elves Network and some of the other shows with Joel and Elliot and Steve and and even Rod, um, Rob. Uh, it's, it's something that, you know, are the Browns preparing to go out there when they return to play San Francisco and basically, you know, have a run game but not make it like the Nick Chubb run game? Are they going to abandon that and just go vertical and open up the passing game and allow Deshaun Watson to throw the ball 35 to 45 times a game? I'm a little concerned about that as well, considering that Deshaun really hasn't um, done anything spectacular to this point. He had a decent game against Tennessee. It was much better than a lot of people had uh, were expecting coming into that game. And, uh, but then, of course, he doesn't play this last game. So, um, so Ford leads the way for the running backs. Deshaun Watson is actually in third place on 15 carries. He has 83 yards to this point. Pierre Strong, who some people in our like our network, 
uh, are would like to see get the ball a little bit more. Pierre Strong's an interesting inter, uh, player. He's a little bit taller than your average running back, has a little bit more bulk to him, a little more height, and uh, I'd like to see him uh, really get to that point um, potentially. Maybe give him a few more carries. Kareem Hunt, who just came on with the team, he has 10 carries for 25 yards, but his average per yards carry is only 2.5, whereas Pierre Strong has had 13 carries for 77 yards and a 5.9 average. Obviously, what is helping that is that he had a 40-some yard run at the end of uh, the game last Sunday against uh, – who did who did we lose to? I can't even remember. Oh, the stupid Ratbirds. Um, all right. So let's look at the, uh, rushing or the receiving core here. Uh, Amari Cooper leads the team with 18 receptions and 259 yards and an, and a, and a complimentary 14.4 yards a carry, which is decent. He has one touchdown though only. And, but he did re- that touchdown was a 43 yard uh, completion. He, if you recall, that happened in the Tennessee game, and he would have had another um, game like that, um, or another uh, play like that, if they uh, the stupid ref who was blind did not um, see that Amari Cooper was yes a foot inside the out of bounds line. So he, that those all those stats would have been a little bit better, and he would have had two touchdowns. But that did not happen. Second on the receiving core is Elijah Moore. He has 17 receptions for 148 yards. 17 receptions for 148 yards, uh, which is an 8.7 pass completion or average per catch, which really sucks if you're a wide receiver. Um, I don't know what the – all the stuff with Elijah Moore. It's crazy, dude. Like, he – the play that he ran where he lost 20 some yards that was the first that was the first time that on a run play that a, a running back or on a run play lost i think more than 20 some yards on one single play in like the last 70 years in the NFL i mean it was nuts when you saw that play and saw him going backwards what the hell was he thinking i just it blows my mind what the elf was that like joe likes to say on his show David Njoku, the tight end, is next in the team with 16 receptions for 138 yards and also kind of a measly 8.6 yards uh, catch. Now, I don't mind the tight ends doing that, but if you're a wide receiver and you're only averaging 8.7 yards um, a catch, that really stinks. Um, The other problem with this is that you only have one wide receiver that has one touchdown. Jerome Ford, the running back for the Browns, actually has two catches for touchdowns. He has 10 receptions for 77 yards. So it's nice that Jerome has been able to contribute that way. Uh, what you'd like to see him more uh, or less uh, run the ball better, too. Then you've got Donovan Peoples-Jones. What the hell has happened to Donovan Peoples-Jones? DPT, DPJ. What's happened to him? He has six receptions, again, for 75 yards. Now that's a 12.5 catch average and he hasn't had a long of 29 and he's had a few more catches. We need to get DPJ involved in this Browns team. If the Browns are going to succeed, I would hope that after this buy, the Browns really extend their time and really try to get him involved a lot more. Then you've got David Bell, who's got only three receptions for 27 yards. Kareem Hunt's got two receptions. Chubb's got four receptions. He's out for the season. 
And all the way at the very bottom, yeah, you got Marquise Goodwin, who has one reception for zero yards, and then Cedric Tillman, the rookie, has one reception for five yards. These guys have got to get involved, and that's on the coach, and that's on the quarterback. The, these these guys, like Marquise Goodwin and Cedric Tillman, need to get involved, and that's on the player, but it's also on coach and the quarterback, and they have got to see that and look at these stats like we're all doing today and going, we got to get our wide receivers involved in this team. If we're going to succeed the rest of the year, you don't have a Nick Chubb. You don't have a run game. You have got to do something different if you're going to win the remaining part of this campaign. All right, um, let's talk defense. Everyone's talking about the Browns' lockdown defense. Well, they ran out of gas in this game last week when they lost to the Ratbirds. But Grant Delpit is off to a good start. Not his best start, but he's off to a decent start. He has uh, 21 tackles. He has uh, one interception. So he's off to a decent start. Last year he had, I think, 110 tackles. And, you know, he was had a solid year. I know tackling isn't going to name – but. It's not going to indicate exactly what type of player you you are just by the number of tackles you have, but he's off to a decent start, and we all see that, and we see that he's flying around the field and doing a lot of good things. Then you got JOK, the linebacker. He's all over the place again. He's second on the team with 19 tackles. He um, Anthony Walker is third on the team with 17 tackles. You got Juan Thornhill. We haven't talked a lot about Juan Thornhill, the free agent that came over from the Kansas City Chiefs. He has 13 um, tackles at this point. As far as uh, defensive men and sacks right now, Miles Garrett is off to a pretty good start. He leads the team in sacks with 5.5 sacks or four games in. So, you know, you pan that out another uh, three quarters of the season and you, you're looking at 20 plus sacks. Now he's uh, finished with what, 16 and a half over the last couple of seasons. So he's on pace especially if he can get another game or two um, like he had against Tennessee where he can uh, expand on that number uh, quite rapidly. So we'll see what happens with Miles Garrett. He has a lot more help this year. Um, he's got Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, that's uh, I can't even pronounce the guy's name, so we'll just call him Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan has two and a half sacks. Um, the other players in the team that have sacks include uh, Taki Taki and Alex Wright has one. Uh, Shelby Harris has a half one. Mar Marquis or was it Maurice Hurst? Um, yeah, Maurice Hurst has had a half sack, but you know the, that Maurice Hurst kid—he's doing some good things. He's got ten tackles for the team right now. Um, like his belly rubs, he likes to show up his big belly when when he makes a big play. So he's he's really rocking it these days for the Brownies. Um, you know, we'll see what happens the rest of the, the rest of the season. The Browns' defense, obviously, a lot of people are expecting them to, to come and and uh, do their, their their thing every every Sunday and keep this uh, Browns team in games. Um, and that's kind of unfortunate if you think about it because we really shouldn't have to rely on this wonderful defense. Obviously, the defense would be a lot stronger and more consistent, unlike what they did against the Ratbirds last week, if the offense of the Browns stayed on the field a little bit longer, didn't turn the ball over as – as much either. I know that's been a topic of discussion on many um, shows 
that we've had on our network, and they've talked about it uh, publicly with the uh, in the Browns locker room. They need to learn how to f- get turnovers, force the ball, fumbles, interceptions. They've not done a very good job of that, and we're losing the turnover battle. But still, we're two wins and two losses. So, you know, if we can get the ball turn, get the ball turned over, that's only going to spell probably more victories for this team. And we should look for that starting next week when the Browns host the San Francisco 49ers. All right. So there you go, folks. There are there are some of our Browns rocking players. They're two and two. They're not four and oh. They're not three and one, but they're not oh and four or one and three. They're two and two. So I'd say it's a pretty good mesh of good and bad. Certainly. Moving forward, we talked about this again, and you already know this. It's going to come down to Deshaun Watson. It's going to come down to Steady Eddie, a.k.a. Kevin Stefanski. And what the hell is he going to do? And how is he going to call the games? And he, is he going to do a good job of that? Is he going to uh, avoid uh, doing stupid things like he's done in the past? We'll see. Um, he's in his fourth uh, season as coach, We, but we have to trust. I'm still trusting good old Steady Eddie that he will – um, do what he needs to do to help this team. Um, we'll see. We'll see. We've got a, a lot moving forward. The San Francisco 49ers are here in town uh, a week again from now. Um, should be a, a good game uh, as Browns fans and as a fan that is um, like many of you, I have a lot of doubts going uh, into this Sunday's game Um, just because the Browns left a bad taste in everybody's mouth last week. And uh, if the Browns are going to gain back their fan support and Stefanski stays off the hot seat, then they need to do a much better job than they did against the Baltimore Ratbirds last week. They've had a week. They'll have a, you know, a week to rest their bodies, um, stay out of uh, being injured anymore. Hopefully they are healthy and ready to go, but we shall see. We will bring you another Browns rocking show next week. So tune into that. We have a whole lineup of shows again, coming up this week on the fanatical elves network. It'll start with the any given Sunday show tomorrow morning um, here. Uh, And then we'll have our dog pound South show with Steve Gill. Following that, we'll have the What the Elf Was That with Joel, the Browniacs Show with Joel and with Elliot, and the Browns Blitz, the Browns Blitz with Rod Bloom. Uh, look forward to bringing all those shows to you later this week. We will be also uh, introducing a contest, uh, a giveaway again. I'll have that tomorrow on our Any Given Sunday show. So stay tuned for that. Tune in for that, Browns fans, uh, and and make sure that you follow the show um, on Apple, on Spotify. And uh, follow us on the X, follow us on Facebook, and we will provide all the latest updates and all the latest news on the Brownies. All right, take care. Have a great rest of your Saturday evening. Go Browns! It's the Browns Rocking Show, a fanatical L Network production.